0: this. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We're going to be diving into um, a tax strategy and a a way to really excel and increase your cash flow in a a unique, different way that I've heard about in the past uh, over the seven, eight years that I've been investing in real estate actively, and I haven't actually utilize this tool until now, like I'm I'm just starting to do it. I had some buddies of mine say, Hey, what the heck are you doing? Why are you paying so much in taxes? Why are you not writing off as much as you could? And, um, and yeah, this, this really just opened up my eyes tremendously. I, I made a post on social media asking, you know, who is the best of the best in this space. And, um, and what was really cool is, Uh, Yona was brought up to me like several times by several people and as I started going down a little uh, rabbit hole of you know his content and everything that he puts out it was a no-brainer that he is um, he is excellent in his space and and a true expert. So uh, today what we're going to be covering is cost segregation. So cost seg a lot of people uh, sum it up to and It is a form of well. I'm not going to steal the thunder. I don't want to butcher it really. (laughs) Um, But without further ado, Yona, do you mind just you know diving in, let people know that 30,000 foot view of who you are, where you're from, what you're up to, and and your real estate background, and and what the heck we're going to be covering today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here, Brandon. This is awesome. I love love doing the live streams. Uh, But yeah, if anyone is watching out there live, make sure to put in the comments. You know where you're where you're watching from. We always love to see. Uh, the interactions there and questions. I'm sure you're going to have lots of questions on this subject, but yeah, I am. And it's funny what you said about the social media, because it's been an incredible ride. Social media has been uh, a blessing because it's just enabled us to, to grow in so many ways, just building that personal brand and becoming known literally across the country as like the conservation expert, even though there are many, many, many other companies out there. um, You know, just no one was really going hard in this space when I started a few years ago. So grateful for that. Um, I was a teacher for many years. So Mm. about 15 years, that's really my passion. And I've really brought that into what I do now, because everything I do, essentially, we're just teaching, we're educating people about this subject. And that's, I think, why it's so easy for me. To yeah. uh, you know, to be the conservation expert, even though the real experts are the accountants and the CPAs and the engineers on our team that have been doing this for decades. But when they come out to speak, you know, they're like, very technical. I mean, I've actually heard some podcasts with other people talking about conservation, uh, and talk if about boring CPAs or their engineers. <laughs> it is. It is a little bit. It's it's a little bit dry. Most of the time they use terminology, acronyms and all kinds of things without explaining it. So being a teacher, like that's one of the biggest pet peeves that I have mm-hmm. is when someone is speaking to an audience and they don't know who the audience is, it could be a total beginner and they're just going to get turned off if they don't even understand what you're talking about using jargon and all kinds of stuff. That's one thing I try to be very mindful of explaining every concept. So I got my background, like I said, teaching teaching. About seven years ago, I transitioned into, uh, going into real estate. Just, I was looking for more, uh, than just what a teacher salary would, would, uh, provide yeah. and found real estate as a great, um, kind of industry where there's so many opportunities. Uh, a bunch of my friends were doing various things. So I started doing first with commercial mortgages actually. And then I got my residential broker's license and was mm-hmm. doing some, you know, just trying to find some properties. We did some fix and flips with a partner of mine and, uh, I really didn't like that very much. So I was yeah. still looking for something else. And you know, this opportunity with this company, Madison Commercial Real Estate, came my way and I just jumped on it. So that's about five years in the making now, well, over five, almost almost six years already. Um, with Madison. It's just been amazing. It's a great company, They're the largest national conservation company, not an accounting firm, just focus on on the cost thing. So that's uh kind of where I got my start.
0: I love it. Yona, so talk to me why. Uh, why was fix and flip not your, your caveat? Like, why, why did you not get uh, gravitated towards that?
1: You know, I, it, it was new to me, obviously. And I didn't really like dealing with contractors. I know it's very cliche and very common, but there's a reason for that. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a reason <laughs> why, why people get turned off um, for that type of business when you're dealing with people who are dishonest. Sure. And, and to me, that really bothered me the most Um, That and the fact, you know, combined with a lot of factors, it just, you know, it was a, I see everything in my life as a sign from God, you know, it's really just, you know, providence directing me in a certain direction. It was like, okay, this is not really working. We didn't make money from like the first flip. We were like, okay, we did it. And then, you know, I did another one and like, okay, we're going to make money in the second one. And, and, you know, the second one made some money. We're like, yeah, let's do another one. And then it sat on the market for like nine months, literally. Yeah, and the so, sign of
0: three, you were like, "All right, I'm done." You know, it was it
1: was enough. Yeah, it was enough. And my partner went on to to do a few more, and then he got frustrated with it also. Um, yeah. but to me, it was it was just it was not my calling.
0: And what market is that in?
1: That those were all in New Jersey.
0: In New Jersey, is that where you're from right now? Or like that's no, actually,
1: from? no. My our company's based in New Jersey, um, but oh, okay. I'm actually in Israel right now. So I'm uh, oh, originally right? from California. Oh, but no uh, way. been living in Israel uh, most recent and working remotely.
0: I love it, I love it. So, I'm from New Jersey originally, but I, I live out in San Diego, California. So, oh, cool, that's I haven't been I to, to Israel college. yet, but would love A to. Connection. Yeah. A lot of
1: connections there. I went to SDSU, so
0: yeah, there you go, that's so cool. <laughs> Cool, man. So, um, talk to me about the the cost seg. Like, what what the heck is that? If anybody has, this is the first time of them ever hearing it, just like I was a couple a couple months ago. And uh, what are the benefits? What does that truly look like?
1: Now, what is cost segregation? Right, it's yeah. a weird name, but essentially, all it is is a tax is depreciation. Yeah, a depreciation is a tax deduction that you get when you buy a property besides for your primary residence, any type of investment, rental or business property, the government, the IRS says, you're able to literally take a tax deduction of the whole thing, okay? So you take off a certain amount for land, which doesn't depreciate, but the rest of the building and everything that's on the building and inside does depreciate. However, you can't take it all as a lump sum deduction, What you do is most accountants know that depreciation, you put on a 27 and a half, very arbitrary number, 27 and a half year schedule for residential properties and 39 year schedule for commercial properties. But what the IRS says in kind of the fine print in, in a different section is that you're really supposed to depreciate components of the property on different schedules besides for that you know longer 27 and a half or 39 year mm. and so that's where concentration comes in is that we segregate that cost we break down that cost into its different components uh and certain components things that are non-structural for example furniture fixtures appliances you know shelving cabinets flooring all kinds of stuff like that that is you know not part of the structure of the building actually depreciate on a 5 year schedule so the job of a cost segregation engineer, and that's what we are, we're an engineering company essentially that you know examines the property in all of its details and then breaks and shows how you know you have the appliance, you have the, you're just looking in the room behind you, you have the shelving there, right? The screen, yeah. the lighting, all that stuff, the curtains, the window fixtures, all that depreciates on a five-year schedule. We're able to take the value of those and then depreciate that faster, meaning take a tax deduction, of the value of that stuff over a much faster period. So long story short, it's a cash flow mechanism, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a tax tool that allows you to take more deductions up front, which gives you more cash to work with to, to reinvest.
0: I love that. So at the end of the day, you guys come in and really uh get nitty-gritty, like look at every little aspect: the paint, the uh the carpet, the trim, the you know, the appliances, every little thing and detail in the house, and then you itemize it and then you break down what it's worth, what the cost is, and what the replacement value would be. And then you start deducting that. But instead of over a, for residential in this case, a 27 and a half uh, year deduction mm-hmm. or commercial 39 years, then um, you can deduct it a heck of a lot sooner in a, a five year term, you're saying?
1: 5 year exactly that's the main category that's reallocated and then there's another category that's on a 15 year schedule which is land improvements things okay. that are on top of the outside like landscaping pavement concrete fencing signage all that actually depreciates on a 15 year schedule mm. okay and so both of those the 5 and 15 year are broken out from the structural components of the property which really depreciate mm-hmm. on a 27 and a half or 39 year schedule but and the crazy thing is is that this is not intrinsic to the property. Okay? This is a tax deduction for you the owner. Yeah. Which means when you buy a property today in 2022, you're able to start that schedule today. That 27 and a half years starts today when you buy the property, not when the property was built or or you know if it's a you know property built in 19, you know, 17 um and yeah. You're like, oh, it's already been fully depreciated. No, yeah. it's a tax deduction for you, not intrinsic to the value of the property.
0: That's so good. And so there's no other breakdowns besides five, 15 year, and and like 27 and a half for residential.
1: There's- Basically not. There is a there is a category that's on seven years, but those are mostly for commercial properties, very, very small um things that fit into that category. Um, okay. but yeah, essentially we're looking at 27 and a half, five, and 15.
0: And then is there any reasoning uh, behind, I know this is like more of a government probably question, yeah. but like, why did they come up with these years? The 27 and a half, you know, the the five, the uh, 15, how did they come up with this stuff?
1: You know, I don't know the exact <laughs> reasoning. They're, they're called, and it's in what's called the cost recovery system. So okay. they kind of give what would be deemed as the useful life of these certain types of property so in theory yep. right you need to replace the appliances or the carpeting or whatever every 5 years yep in theory yep now it doesn't mean that you are going to and it doesn't mean that you know if you don't you're not able to take that deduction anymore it just means that's where they kind of categorized all this stuff and sure. you know if they wanted to do it more efficiently they could have literally you know given certain things a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. you know everything has its own you know specific lifespan but they i just they just group things together and yeah. so that's where uh that's where it came from so i don't know and it is arbitrary like third why why the commercial properties you know live for 39 years yeah, 39 and years right? all for 27 right it, it makes no sense
0: yeah I love it. I'm glad that they haven't changed it though, because I figured they would change it, extend, it, do some weird different thing. So, um, so it's been like that for a very long time at this point. Um, yes. So, talk to me. What, what is this not good for? You know, it's not good for fix and flips, right? You can't do it for a fix and flip. You can do it for like really buy and hold, right? Like a property that, especially for burr property. So, buy, renovate, refine. Uh, buy, renovate, refinance, or rent, refinance, really? and repeat. Um, So that's what we do in, in all of our properties. And that can mm-hmm. be uh, an excellent strategy because everything's brand new at that point. And then we can write off all of those expenses that we just put into it, correct?
1: Yeah. So this can be done for any type of property. You're absolutely correct. For a rental property, okay? If it is a fix and flip and you're just selling it, that's really transactional you never rent it out. It needs to be rented out. This is a deduction specifically for rental properties. Um, But it can be done for anything, for single families, Airbnbs, and I'd love to kind of talk about that for a little bit. Short-term rentals have a special rule related to it that actually helps with uh, cost segregation depreciation, Mm. more than any other type of property out there. So I'd love to get into that in a a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. Because (laughs) we've gotten tremendous amount of traction uh, from different, you know, Airbnb or short-term rental groups yeah. out there that, you know, just like, yeah, we're, everyone should be doing this. Um, but yeah, commercial, you know, multifamily, office, retail, industrial, you know, self-storage, any type of property you buy, a golf course. One thing that actually has another category that has incredible benefits are mobile home parks or mobile home communities. Uh, because, you know, you mentioned before, you have the the structural components depreciate on 27 a half here. Um, and the land improvements on a 15-year mobile home parks, you're essentially buying the land improvements. You know, People think, oh, I'm just buying the land, right? I don't even own any of the homes. They're tenant-owned homes and oftentimes, right? You own the concrete and you own the landscaping, you own the pavement and the fencing. And essentially, that's all you have. The land is a portion of that, does not depreciate, but everything else essentially, I mean, there's some infrastructure that's on the 27 and a half, like the sewage and the plumbing and stuff like that. But Everything else is land improvement. So we're seeing like 50 to 80% of your purchase price can actually go into the cost depreciation,
0: wow. faster
1: depreciation, and why that's so significant, um, whereas with like a multifamily property, it's more like 25% uh, reallocation. Yeah. Why it's so significant is because of something called bonus depreciation.
0: Okay. I do want to talk about bonus uh, depreciation because there, with cost seg right now, I think there's some laws in place that kind of cover, I guess by the end of this year, you can get a full 100% bonus and then next year it'll start dropping down to what, 75%?
1: It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna start phasing out by 20% each year. So next year it's gonna be 80%, then got 60, it. 40, 20, and then and then no more bonus depreciation. So it's not a bonus like you would think, it's a bonus like something extra, right? Yeah. Which we think oh, bonus, I gotta get extra depreciation. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> but it's it's a uh it's you're able to take once you've done a creation study and allocated those depreciations to you know faster schedules, like five and fifteen years those categories we can now take that in the first year as a lump sum so think about that for a second <clears throat> maybe I'll, I'll paint a picture with some numbers i know a lot of people they hear about taxes and they hear about cost segregation and they're like uh you know numbers i don't like taxes that's what my accountant deals with this is yeah. really really simple okay i'll literally break it down really simple let's say you let's say you buy a million dollar property mm. okay and you're able to start your depreciation schedule today right 2022 yeah you have to allocate a certain amount for the land, which doesn't depreciate, let's say 20%, okay? Uh, the remaining 800,000, you're able to now take and depreciate that over 27 and a 27 half year period, which winds up being about $28,000 a year, uh, give or take. I've done this a few times. So just, you know, just trust yeah. me. <laughs> or you can do, do that me. yourself. right? <laughs> All right. Which is great anyways. I mean, you think about it. You bought a property for a million dollars, whatever money you're making from that property, let's say you're making $50,000 net operating income. Okay. Yeah. That's about a 5% return. You're able to literally take right away almost $30,000 of a deduction and only be taxed in the remaining 20,000 of that income. So it means you're automatically getting this huge tax benefit. But with cost of irrigation, and we can, let's say 25% of that, we can take up front in the first year, okay? Now we're talking about $150,000 or so, right? $160,000, or we're able to take that literally in the first year as a tax write-off.
0: Wow.
1: and so you're able to not only not pay any taxes on legally, remember guys, everything is legal here. What right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. is on the tax
0: code? Yeah, this I'm not I'm not bringing on like anybody that's bringing uh, something totally outside of the box that's, that's illegal here, guys. This is truly in the tax code and this is how the rich are doing it, you know?
1: It's amazing. So it. once you do that, you're literally able to take, you know, not pay tax and then have these extra losses, these extra deductions to either carry forward or to yeah. offset your other sources of income if you're like a real estate professional. So, yeah, I mean, it's huge. I mean, you said yourself, this saved you like a million dollars in taxes this year.
0: It's crazy. Like this year, like it's it's just crazy to think about, uh, you know, and because we have Airbnb as well out here in San Diego. And Mm. so, um, you know, I mean, just thinking about how much, and I think before it was like 30,000 originally that we were just deducting per property, something like ridiculously small. And right. we were, you know, we weren't breaking down all the all the other small factors. So this is going to be truly like life saving for, for my taxes, <laughs> you know, instead of paying Uncle Sam a half a million or more, uh, you it's know, great. I'll be able to actually pocket that. And then anything that is left over, um, if I didn't have to pay that much in taxes, then because I have a very savvy uh tax person as well. So once I can always roll that over to the following year, which is amazing.
1: It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's really uh really a big benefit here. So yeah, I mean for the short-term rentals, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. The reason why, and I alluded to this before, is because normally depreciation and a lot of people talk about this and like, oh yeah, this is the best thing ever, and it's so good. But in truth, and I'd be you know, just really transparent here and yeah. honest. This is not that I'm not at other times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always, right, but <laughs> but uh this <laughs> I actually dislike that kind of introduction yeah. to a sentence. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm no. gonna be
0: really honest right now with you. <laughs> right, seriously.
1: But what we're what depreciation usually is only able to benefit your rental income or your passive income. Okay, mm. it is a passive deduction, and you rental income is treated differently than any active income you have. So let's say you are you know a W-2 employee, but you also own some rental properties. Yeah. You're no, not able to use the depreciation to offset your W-2 income. Yep. It stays in that bucket with the Schedule E, with your rental income, your other passive income. Right. However... If you are a real estate professional, which means if you're full-time in the real estate space, you're able to use those deductions against your active income as well, okay? or your spouses, which is an incredible thing. It's probably the biggest benefit that there is in the tax code, except this thing called short-term rentals. There's another, people like to call it the short-term rental loophole. It's not really a loophole. It's really just understanding these passive activity rules, right? The passive losses where you're able to use them not only against your passive income, but also against your active income. If you self-manage short-term rentals and the average stay is less than seven days, hmm. there's something called material participation. And there's a few different ways to qualify for that material participation, but essentially you're spending more time than anyone else. Yeah, You're now able to take those losses even if you have a W-2 right? Against, or any other active job, you're able to use the concentration against your active income as well for short-term rentals. So it's very specific to short-term rentals. Again, average stays less than seven days and you have to be material participating, but this is huge. I mean, literally think about it. Otherwise- if you you know if you own a long-term rental, right? I know a ton of people that they you know they work and they put money and own some rentals or invest in other properties. Sure. All the depreciation is not really going to benefit you beyond your rental. I myself, I'm not a real estate professional. I'm working to get there. Yeah. And I'm I'm, a, I'm hopefully going to be buying a a short-term rental in the next couple of months. But the but all of my investments that I'm doing, that's just helping me for my my uh, investment, the rental income, all the, you know, the limited partnerships, uh, the passive investments I'm doing.
0: Yeah, so you're in passive investments in syndications and so forth, limited partnership that, you know, you're getting more of the mailbox money, which is very intelligent as well. But you aren't able to utilize uh, the cost seg, obviously, for something like that. Unless, you know, the main, um, the main, uh, uh, what are they called? Um, The people that are actually like,
1: uh, yeah, the partners the or the partner, sponsors, the Yeah, the sponsors,
0: yes. So they can, and that is an extremely savvy way and almost mandatory, right? Because you guys can get all of those costs back and, and more cash flow for every limited partner.
1: Yeah, so most of the partners, uh, right, the sponsors... On syndications, they're going to do cost segregation oh, and course. pass along the depreciation to their investors according yeah. to their percentage of ownership. However, you know, they, as the sponsors will get, you know, whatever portion they're going to get and use that against not only any rental income, but against any active income they have, which if there are syndicators, a lot of them take, uh, you know, acquisition fees and yeah. all kinds of other fees. That's, you know, that's a big amount of chunk of income and then use the conservation to, to basically offset that. So you don't pay any taxes on that income either. Uh, but the passive investors like myself are not able to use that beyond your rental income. So any income that's coming from the investments themselves, rental real estate investments that is, mm-hmm. the depreciation can be used. So, so that in of itself is a huge benefit because there are not too many other, or you know almost no other investment vehicles out there where you can passively invest in something and also get the tax benefits in, in the sense that during the life of ownership, hmm. you're essentially not going to be taxed on that income.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. So with the short-term rentals, long story short, it really just comes down to you can utilize um, those that depreciation as your active income as well on your W-2 and so forth uh, to be able to you know, write off all that as well, which is incredible. Bring down instead of 40, 50%, wherever you're at on your tax bracket, you can totally drop it tremendously. I love that. I'm very, very excited for this, by the way, just because obviously you already know, like, I'm going to save a ton of money, but, um, but, you know, the cash flow aspect now we got to really like, obviously it's amazing not having to pay a million dollars for my particular situation to uncle sam right uh because i'm i know how to steward the money like i know how to put it to work properly mm-hmm. and and um be good with it so now i'm going to not just save money there but i'm going to cash flow so much stronger that i will actually be able to like reinvest in more properties you know the whole burr strategy the the last step here is repeat so mm-hmm. and that's that's the name of the game right I I had a um I was on a Zoom call with my attorney yesterday and he was bringing up the the pros and cons of doing a, a cost seg and he said he he brought up to me you know obviously you're depreciating all all of this a heck of a lot sooner in a shorter period of time which is great for cash flow up front and writing off that um but what about next year when you you know are constantly increasing, doubling, or, um, you know, increasing your other businesses. How is that going to look? And as we were discussing prior before going live here, it really comes down to taxes will always be a situation, right? Um, But it comes down to the repeat process. Once you have this new cash flow, put it to work, get more properties. and, um, And then in the future, you know, you could do 1031 exchanges and so forth. Uh, so, I mean, there's many ways to go about this, but taxes, you'll never be able to run away from, but the more planning, the more step-by-step and and taking care of this year and the next year coming up and planning for that sets you up for success, right? Oh, you're muted right now.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I coughed and I muted myself and forgot to unmute myself happens occasionally, but that's exactly right. You want to obviously have a discussion with your, you know, attorney, tax attorney, or accountant. Uh, if you have a tax advisor, that's obviously the best, especially if they are, you know, specialized in real estate and make sure that they understand all this as well. Uh, yeah. You know, very all too often, I have clients that, you know, get the concentration done or want to get it done, but their accountants have no idea what this is. And I'm like, yes. no, you can't actually do that. Uh, well, um, yeah, you actually can. Um, <laughs> uh, but, the funny thing is, is like I said, this is not going to benefit everyone in the same exact way. You want to make sure it's going to benefit you. And in the long term, you're going to benefit the most if you continue investing, if you want to buy more properties. And like you said, the repeat using the money that you're saving on taxes, using that to reinvest. Now that's called the time value of money, yes. which is really the, the main benefit of what conservation is when yep. you're able to use the money. Reinvest. I mean, think about it. You have a choice. You can either pay taxes today or not pay taxes. Every single accountant that I've ever spoken to about this subject, who knows, who's you know knows anything about investments and real estate, have said that the time value of money is probably the most important. Like the first thing they're always going to do for any client is try to figure out how many types of deductions they can get, how many types of deferrals, right? Either deduct or defer. Those are strategies because you don't know what's going to be in a year or two or five years from now. You want to make sure to utilize the cash you have today. And then, you know, if you're doing it right, reinvest that.
0: Yeah. You know, as you brought that up, it it reminded me of, um, a lot of, I I didn't realize this, but a lot of my friends did this strategy and my accountant and, and tax, uh, you know, filing advisor, they, uh, they were kind of instructing me on this like hey we have the funds to be able to pay right now uh for the taxes right and then when they come due, and then um i i come to find out like they were instructing me and kind of guiding like hey a lot of people actually just work out plans and pay the fees later on by just hanging on to the money now because like obviously it shows that you know how to put the money to work and make a stronger ROI. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, the fees that the IRS are charging three something percent, it's it's not as much as you leveraging it and making 10, 20%. So, yeah. you know, would you rather pay today? Or I highly, you know, recommend paying later on. And once I started asking some friends, they were telling me, oh yeah, we always pay later. Um, you know, it's just, it's funny to see what, what is possible and what the rich are really doing to, to compound it.
1: So true. And there, there there's so many different, different factors surrounding that. So you want to make sure, again, have someone who understands this stuff on your team, right? Real estate is a team sport. Make sure you have someone in your corner that's going to help you.
0: Yeah. That's so good. So talk to me. Um, I believe not all properties can be, even if they are rentals, um, can really be the best fit for the the cost seg, correct? I mean, any properties that are like just a hundred thousand, or really less than about two hundred thousand, I believe is what I've been educated on. Um, yeah. It's not really worth the time or the investment behind it. Is that correct?
1: That's what I like to kind of my rule of thumb is yeah. because it is a percentage of the purchase price that you're able to depreciate at a faster rate. Okay. So if it's a $100,000 property and you're able to take, you know, 20% up front, well that 20%, that's $20,000 let's say, still that's going to just going to reduce your tax liability. That's not $20,000 that you're getting as a refund or or as a check, you know. What it is, it's reducing your tax liability. So depending on your tax rate, mm. that may translate to just a few thousand dollars of actual net benefit. Yeah. Okay? So if it's going to cost a few thousand dollars to get this done, it's just going to wipe it, you know, Wipe itself out, um, and so that's why I always say if it's over two hundred thousand dollars purchase, definitely worth looking into. We always run a free feasibility analysis, a free estimate for anyone to see for themselves what the you know what the difference would be. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And so that's a really good way to you know just understand better if it is. But any property really can be can be done.
0: That's good. So um, yeah, so I, I know you just started explaining kind of what it looks like to work with you guys, but kind of give the breakdown and the step by step. If somebody's interested in this, they understand it now after listening to this podcast. Um, what would it look like? I know you guys give that that free um, example. They just need to submit their info, and then you guys can show them the pros and cons about you know how much they could potentially be saving.
1: Exactly. And the first thing I always love to understand, you know, what the person's situation is, right? Are yeah. you an investor? Are you someone that is planning on buying more property? You know, I yeah. spoke to a, a woman yesterday who was in tech making, you know, high mid high six figures and she bought an Airbnb and she's like, I'm not planning on buying anymore. Like this one is a headache <laughs> enough. You know, this is just, <laughs> like, is this still going to be good for me? i like, no, it's probably, you know, probably not, you know, you can get yeah. the benefit now, but if you take 20 or 25% of your deductions in the first year, that means every subsequent year you're just going to have you know relatively less deductions. So that's the first thing I always love to understand yep. where the person is coming from. Um, and then our process is really really simple, really straightforward. We we charge uh, you know a flat fee, not based on your tax savings or a percentage of that, mm-hmm. it's just a flat fee for every type of property. You know from three to you know usually three to six thousand dollars, like the range mm-hmm. of most types of properties out there, unless like a huge skyscraper or something and then it it's a little more. Um, and we'll send an engineer to the property. So this is really the most important part of the, you know, is the site visit, making sure that our engineers capture everything that's inside and outside the property yeah. through video and pictures. We've actually transitioned from, you know, during uh, COVID when that when that happened, we couldn't send our engineers physically to properties. We ended up transitioning to doing a lot of those site visits remotely. So currently we're doing a lot of, especially small residential properties. It's really easy to just get on a video call with the engineer, they're able to walk through property, see everything, point out this, that, and the other thing. And uh, and that's pretty much it. Once we have that documentation, our engineers take it, take it back. It's about a six-week process or so to gather some documents, like closing statement, appraisal, and then make it all into this detailed report, which is called your cost segregation study. In that, there's a depreciation schedule, basically a Excel sheet that your accountant uses, you just plug in those numbers, <clears throat> excuse me, what is your tax deduction year after year? Yeah,
0: that's, that's pretty awesome. much it. Yeah, um, and then how long does the process typically take?
1: Yeah, so beginning to end, about six to eight weeks.
0: Yeah, okay. And then, so you're saying roughly depends on the size of your property. Don't, you know, don't expect if you have a hundred unit building here that it's going to be the same price, but, um, the investment behind this is anywhere from like three to six grand and, exactly. Um, and there can be tremendous savings just like mine. I think we are doing, um, it is like four or maybe six properties of mine and it is, because they're all well over a million and Mm -hmm. they are, I'm going to be saving roughly about a million dollars, which is crazy. It's crazy.
1: It's awesome. That's awesome.
0: So very (laughs) excited. Um, but cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time so much today. Any, any like, um, last words for the audience, uh, to be able, like if they're on the fence or really just don't, um, like if they want to get more information about this, what what does that look like? And then feel free to plug um, any socials or how people can get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can find me anywhere. I'm on all the socials. Most uh, active is LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me there, but on all the places you can find me or you can go to yonawice.com. But yeah, if you are on the fence or you're looking into this, you can reach out. We can, Madison Specs, that's our our company. We're the largest national company that does this. Uh, All types of properties, again, not just for single families, and you can get a free estimate and see what that looks like and uh, and really just make the decision for yourself. Have an educated conversation, hopefully, with your accountant and make sure that they understand this and understand the benefits uh, as well as the, uh, you know, the downsides as well. Like you said, if you're buying a property and selling it within the first year or two and you're going to be hit with that recapture tax that we mentioned, it's probably not the best idea because that time value money period is much shorter. Uh, it still may be a good idea, especially if you can continue buying more and more, and you can use that cash uh, that cash flow.
0: Cool, I love it, Yona. Well, you are the man. I appreciate all your knowledge. I appreciate you being in this space to be and and your teacher background to help break it down so simple for everybody. Um, it's been a wealth of knowledge and and great time spending with you. So I appreciate you greatly. Um, guys if you haven't like reach out to yona he is uh he's got amazing content and just get your quote like see what it looks like to to work with him and see how much it could save you and if it's a good fit then then go that route if not um you know talk to your board of advisors right like talk to your tax filing your your uh, attorney and so forth just to make sure that this makes sense to you and your overall long-term plan but um with that being said, guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday. And i leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love and feedback. Feel free to share this out, tag somebody in that needs to see it. And then if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then, um, you can always check out, uh, creditcounselelite.com. So www.creditcounselelite.com. Love you guys all so much till next time. God bless.